Yeah, this is the Cafe American podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jen. Yeah, that's my first name. And it's, uh, it's, well, guess what? I'm going to stop using the two first name monikers of Chris Michaels because that's pretty boring. And how, every, how many other douchebags on the radio and podcasting hosts actually have a, a two first name moniker? It's lame. It's stupid. And I used it because... I didn't want to be, uh, I didn't want to get in trouble with other people in case somebody ran across my podcast or my radio show. So, but I'm saying fuck it, whatever. Uh, Cafe Americaine, for those of you that don't know, is a podcast that uh, focuses on politics, entertainment, smut, and it is a cerebral suppository of everything that comes sluicing out of my mind. Yes, we like alliteration here, and we also like polysyllabic words, meaning big words. So the big thing, even though I just said we use polysyllabic words and big things, we can't find another adjective other than big. Uh, the, the big news story is that there were supposedly bombs, mail bombs. It's 2018. We're really using mail bombs still, letter boxes. Uh, uh, bombs were sent to uh, various Democrat leaders uh, in Westchester, New York, including George Soros of, uh, oh, I don't know, of the immigration campaign fame. And also, I, I think uh, the Clintons, Obama, Maxine Waters, that mental midget. Uh, what an idiot. If you ever want to laugh about how stupid somebody is, look up Maxine Waters and go to her go to her Twitter or her Facebook. She doesn't know shit. She can't tell her ass from an elbow. I mean, first off, it looks like her face is melting. And second off, she's just fucking stupid. And she the, the big thing today is oh my god the reason why that pipe bombs or bombs were sent through the mail was because of the insightful hatred that Donald Trump spews forth through his mouth oh it's so terrible well guess what Maxine Waters that idiot she goes around saying resist 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 and then because of her because of her she they she's now got leftists and democrats and uh, centrists going around and pushing people they don't agree with and pushing them around, including at restaurants and everything else. So if the Democrats, including Chuck Schumer, who kisses the ass of all of those financiers in New York, if he's out there saying, well, we can't have this kind of violence and this kind of rhetoric because it incites hateful deeds, then I hope Somebody goes over to Maxine Waters and shoves a piece of French baguette into her mouth to get her to shut the fuck up. She's so stupid. Oh, my God. Oh, if that is one person that needs to just go away, you and Maxine Waters and Hillary have to go away. I don't care where they go, but it must. They just got to leave. Uh, so George Soros. Now, he I talk about him often. And George Soros is the one that is responsible for the massive amount of immigration in Europe. He is a Hungarian. It is rumored that he and his family helped the Nazis during World War II so that they, obviously being Jewish, were not going to be thrown into concentration camps and whatever else. 
There was a picture on the internet that supposedly was George Soros. It was not George Soros. He was far too young to be that old in the picture that was floating around the internet. But, you know, maybe his family probably did help the Nazis. So uh, George Soros is outlawed in a number of country in a number of countries because he is a financier and he bets which way countries' currencies are going to go. And he has tanked more than one economy. And he has, uh, well, he's on a wanted list. And so this son of a bitch is out there. And he is the one responsible for all the immigrants coming into Europe. He has he, he now taken on the role of a philanthropic human being, a very altruistic human that goes out there and tries to help poor people really gain a sense of independence and voice. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure Italy doesn't like that idea, and I'm pretty sure that Spain won't like that idea because it is now Spain that is taking all the migrants from Africa. I, I also like the rhetoric. They're migrants when they come from Africa to Europe, but they're immigrants or, uh, or asylum seekers now uh, when they come from uh, the southern hemisphere into the United States. F fantastic rhetoric. Great job. Uh, so... George Soros, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and Bill Clinton, along with Maxine Waters, all had uh, what uh, bombs sent to them. And for some reason, it was almost as if George Soros' son, Alexander Soros, had a premonition that all of this was going to happen. And in a remarkable turnaround, George Soros' son wrote an op-ed piece in the New York Times in a remarkable turnaround for the New York Times, too, because somehow Alexander Soros wrote the article, and then the New York Times got the article, edited the article, and had it out in their newspaper today. So this is all <laughs> this is way too coincidental. Uh, his article is The Hate That Is Consuming Us. And John McCain is one of his little best friends. I mean, they loved John McCain. John McCain is a warmongering or was a warmongering asshole. If he couldn't bomb enough people, every time there was an opportunity to, opportunity to kill somebody or, or, or shoot somebody or fund somebody, fund somebody like the neo-Nazis in the Ukraine, uh, he was on that bandwagon. And he couldn't get enough. So some of the highlights from this article is my family is no stranger to the hostilities of those who reject our philosophy, our pro politics, and our identity. Well, the problem, Alexander, is that you do not observe the Oxford comma, so your sentence is incorrect. Uh, so he talks about how people are uh, saying that George, his father is was a former nazi and it's all propaganda and it's all anti-semitism i somehow doubt that uh so there is a long list of people who find that proposition unacceptable and the proposition is uh, that his father seeks to support those who promote societies where everyone has a voice and my father has faced Plenty of attacks along the way, many dripping with the poison of anti-Semitism. I love this fucking argument. Anytime there is somebody like George Soros who can't take the heat, all of a sudden you're anti-Semitic. 
No one's talking about you being Jewish. Who gives a shit if you're being Jewish? If you're a fucking asshole, you're a fucking asshole. I mean, that's just the way it is. And so, oh my god, they're anti-Semitic. No, ass. No, no. Stop manipulating countries. Stop manipulating people into, into enforcing your agenda. Whatever the fuck that agenda is. Because nobody can really tell what the hell that agenda is. Why does George Soros and his non-governmental organizations that he runs and owns, why are they performing a mass migration from the southern hemisphere to the northern hemisphere? What is going on with that? Why is that happening? That is something that intrigues me immensely because this probably doesn't have to do with regular standard politics. It probably has to do with something along the lines of um, metaphysical politics or astral po I mean, it, this is something that is far beyond, far beyond regular mundane earthbound politics. Anyway, Alexander Soros continues, but with Donald Trump's presidential campaign, things got worse. White supremacists and anti-Semites like David Duke endorsed his campaign. Mr. Trump's final TV ad famously Featured my father. Well, talk about alliteration there. Janet Yellen, chairwoman of the Federal Reserve, and Lloyd Blankfein, chairman of Goldman Sachs, all of them Jewish amid dog whistle language about special interests and global special interests. Are you fucking kidding me? Janet Yellen, your father, and Lloyd Blankfein, all immensely powerful people, happen to be Jewish. And they all, now you're saying, well, Trump's campaign. Do you know? Do, all right. So here's the problem with little Alexander. He has no fucking clue. That's his problem. His head is so far up his ass he can't see the light of day. And a horse speculum couldn't help him to see the light of day. I used that on a girl one time I was dating. I said, I hope one day you pull your head out of your ass because it is so far up there you couldn't see the light of day even with a horse speculum. She didn't like me very much after I said that, and we never spoke again. But I got my point across, just like I hope I get my point across here. No. First off, Donald Trump has some of the most rabid Zionist supporters ever, ever to be placed into an administration. And for those of you that don't know what Zionism is, it's the political uh, it's the political party of Israel, pretty much. I mean, it's a political philosophy, not necessarily a political party. And basically, it's 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 Jewish first, and homeland is there in Israel or Palestine or the Levant, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And so everything has to be done with that. And they've got a, an ultimate manifest destiny. They call it Greater Israel. It goes all the way up to Turkey, all the way down south to uh, basically not— um, uh, it goes down south to, I think, almost—I um, can't think of the river it, near Cairo, the big river that Egypt has, the blank. All right, whatever. So it is that, that peninsula area, and oddly enough, Greater Israel also goes to the east, and it goes out to the Tigris and Euphrates. Ultimately, that's what Zionism is all about, and it is this whole big thing. They have to get back to the homeland and so they can bring back the second coming and blah, 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 blah. The, the, that's the whole thing. So, but Donald Trump has some of the most arch supporters of that philosophy. His ambassador to Israel is one of the 
biggest Zionist in the United States, if not the biggest and most rabid Israel supporter. John Bolton, his foreign secretary, is going around saying everybody's an asshole. John Bolton, uh, the mustachioed moron, he's out there and he is one of the most staunchest supporters of Israel. And now we've got Ale little Alexander Soros coming out. Oh, he's anti-Semitic. No, no. He just, uh, people are starting to realize that your father's a piece of shit. That's what the deal is. In Hungary, little Alexander continues, Prime Minister Viktor Orban launched, I don't know why I said Orban with a French accent, launched an anti-Semitic poster campaign falsely accusing my father of wanting to flood Hungary with migrants. But it was true. It was true. George Soros paid non-governmental organizations to put pressure on various governments and countries within the U European Union via the European Parliament. And so they pressured other countries to take all the migrants. This is how it works. And this is what your father did. That's what they did. Now we have attempted bomb attacks. If the bomb attacks happened this morning in your mailbox, we don't even, first off, when was your mail delivered? That's the first thing. And how did you pen this article so that the New York Times would get it, edit, and publish it? Almost at the same time that you reported the bomb attacks. So something's fishy here. While the responsibility lies with the individual or individuals who sent these lethal devices to my family home and Mr. Obama's and Miss Clinton's offices, I cannot see it divorced from the new normal of political demonization that plagues us today. Well, you can thank your father for it. It is also all too normal that organizations doing important pro-democracy work face existential threats simply because they accept support from the foundations my father started. Well, the thing is, is that even if these organizations and these pro-democracy work organizations accept money from your fucking father... Your father is still going to have influence over the agenda of these organizations. Just, uh, this is another thing. I love the climate change argument. And I love all, well, there are scientists and scientists are completely apolitical. No, they're not. No, they are not. If the scientist doesn't prove the premise of what the donors want them to prove, the scientist or professor at a college is fired. They're gone. They don't get funding for their work anymore. They can go teach at the community college. That's all that is. So everybody has to kiss somebody's ass here. And he concludes, we must find our way to a new political discourse that shuns the demonization of all political opponents. A first step would be to cast our ballots to reject these politicians cynically responsible for undermining the institutions of our democracy. And we must do it now before it's too late. We are far removed from the days when Senator John McCain rebuffed his own supporters during the 2008 election to patriotically defend his opponent, Mr. Obama all because he believed that the health of our democracy was more important than his personal political gain. No! No! McCain was not meant to win. McCain knew he wasn't going to win. The guy couldn't even stop drooling behind the scenes when he wasn't on stage. They were pumping him up with vitamin B shots and giving him essentially meth, 
legalized meth so he wouldn't be fucking falling over his face when he when during a debate. And the new political discord cast your ballots. Okay, here's the line where I really think that this whole thing is made up and bullshit. We have to cast our ballots to reject those politicians cynically responsible for undermining the institutions of our democracy. Right there, this is a <laughs> this is a stump speech article for the midterm elections to try and get people to vote against the Republicans because they certainly aren't voting for the Democrats. Nobody likes the Democrats that are out there except Democrats that are already going to vote for Democrats. So nobody likes the Democrats. So now they've shifted the narrative to not vote for Democrats but vote against Republicans. And because Republicans are responsible for pipe bombs, especially Donald Trump, he's responsible for pipe bombs. You can't have this in our society. Well, we can't have you people in our society because you people are funding Antifa and you people are funding other organizations that go out there and provide agent provocateurs and start fights with everybody. So neither side is good. You're both a bunch of idiots. It's out, it, it is completely outrageous. It's beyond my comprehension as a human being why more people can't put the pieces together like me. I'm not some fantastic individual with a brain the size of an elephant's uh, uh, ball bag or, uh, I don't know, whatever. But it, it, all you have to do is just put some of this together and think, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. How can this person pen this article the same day that his father has pipe bombs sent to him or mail bombs sent to him? It doesn't make any sense. And George Soros is known, is known for this. He is uh, responsible for hiring a number of people. Essentially, they are protesters that are hired. And because they're hired, uh, they protest whatever the hell you want. And they'll do anything. They'll protest for women's movements. They'll protest against. They won't protest against war. Nobody protests against war anymore. Uh, so they'll do all that shit. And now there is a lawsuit going out there, or going on out there, uh, that finally, finally points the finger at a company that is responsible for these paid protests. The company is called Crowds on Demand, and essentially. Uh, this is a case by a Czechoslovakian investor. Now, it's funny that a Czechoslovakian investor uh, decided to, uh, not against him, he was a Czech investor against a business rival, spotlighted the seedy and very real business of people hired to express fake outrage, according to the LA Times. In the Bacala case, essentially, well, this is the, I'll give you the crux of it. You've got guy A who is trying to go against guy B. Guy A decided to hire crowds on demand. And crowds on demand provided, guess what? The crowds. And they went out and protested in the front lawn of guy B. And guy B said, what the hell is this all about? And so because guy A decided to pro hire protesters to go against guy B, Guy B is now suing Guy A for defamation and all sorts of other stuff. And it is now for $23 million. It is now coming out that, yes, we have companies that will put out ads and hire people to protest anything. 
it doesn't matter. So when you when the, and the and, and MSNBC and NBC they all love this. They all say, "Look at the grassroots movement out there. This is real people protesting real issues." No, it's not. Nine times out of ten, these are all people that have been paid for. That they they shove them out there to protest whatever the hell the highest bidder wants them to protest against, and it all has to do with special interests. Oh, I'm sorry. Alexander Soros, I didn't mean to make it seem like it was Jewish people. I really meant it, me, meant it as special interests like Boeing and special interests like, I don't know, other – I don't care about your religion. I'm sorry, Alexander. You can't use the anti-Semitic line on me. So now we've got – and oh, oh, that's another thing. So I – so we've got this, this caravan. This car, this sh this caravan from where did it start? Honduras. So we've got this caravan. It started off as four thousand people. Then it went up to seven thousand people. Now it's up to fourteen thousand people. And we've got more people in Mexico joining the bandwagon into the United States. So okay, I have a lot of problems with this story. The and this is why I bring it up with George Soros and also with. Um, uh, the, the story about crowds on demand. This is why I all bring it because it's so it's so miraculous that this caravan starts to march towards the United States once again, right in time for the midterm elections. And we have mail bombs being sent right in time for the midterm elections. And then we've got Chuck Schumer out there making people sign petitions saying we need to take out the vitriolic rhetoric. Of politics and we need to stop Donald Trump before so the the migrant thing this is what I don't get if they started in Honduras how the fuck are they gonna march 1500 miles to the to the United States border with just a pack with just a backpack please tell me how that fucking works and it, 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 no, it doesn't work. And then you can find videos of people handing out cash to all of the migrant people that are in, that are marching up there. I mean, you could look at these pictures. They don't have anything on them. They have the shirts on their back, and that is it. Now, not for nothing. Of course, some of these people are legitimately trying to get to the United States, and they have a thing, and they have a legitimate reason to be or trying to get here. Because probably the situation is so poor in their country, they don't want to be there anymore. I get it. But to say that this is just once again a grassroots movement that's going to hit the border as soon as the midterm elections are coming around. No. No. And it gets larger and larger. And you're going to march 1,500 miles. It's going to take them 45 to 70 days, assuming they walk six to eight hours every day with children with elderly and then you have to buy food where are they buying the food from i mean i'm looking at these pictures i don't see anybody with anything on them they have regular little backpacks that's it where are they getting water from where are they getting food from how are they gonna march 1500 miles without any help i mean it doesn't make any sense you've got the ex-president uh, of Mexico saying, I support it 100%. You've got Mexico putting in a, a, a minuscule amount, a little bit of effort, a little bit of effort. Now, if this isn't a coordinated event from the globalist angle, I don't know what is. You mean to tell me that people from El Salvador and Honduras 
can march 1,500 miles through Mexico unstopped, and Mexico doesn't do anything about it, nothing about it, and they're just going to let him go. That doesn't make any sense. No sense at all. This is paid for. This is drummed up. This whole thing is out there, is out there to undermine whatever Trump is trying to do. And he, let me tell you something else about what is um, what's very disturbing. And this is another angle that I'm going to come at you with from the globalist angle. And when I say globalist, uh, oddly enough, Trump used the word nationalist today. And the left, they're trying to say, well, he isn't by a nationalist. He really means national socialist. This is where Alexander Soros steps in again and says, we all know what you really mean when you say nationalist. We all know what you really mean when you say special interest and globalist interest. When you say those words, we know that you mean Jewish people. When, when you say nationalist, we know that you mean national socialist. We know that you mean Nazis and you yourself are a Nazi and you're giving a wink and a nod to the other neo-Nazis out there saying, no problem, Trump's got your back. So here's another angle from the globalists that's coming through and you see it more and more and more. Look for what Pence is saying, Vice President Pence. Nobody has heard from this idiot the whole time until the last month or so. And Pence has been coming out with more and more presidential-sounding tweets and messages to the point where even Donald Trump came out today and said, I wholeheartedly agree to one of Mike Pence's texts or uh, tweets, excuse me. This, this is very important because you're starting to see Mike Pence get more and more publicity and airtime because they want, they, the globalists, doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or, or a Republican, they want Pence in office. He's far more, quote unquote, presidential than Donald Trump. May, I don't know. He seems like a real piece of shit, if you ask me. Uh, but the thing is, you're starting to see more of his messages come out. And this is a red flag for me. And the reason why it's a red flag for me is because I would not be surprised if somebody tries to make a move on the presidency and put Pence into place. That may have been the plan the whole time. It honestly may have. So they're talking about essentially they being uh, Pence and the globalists and the military industrial complex. They're talking about removing the United States from one of the anti-ballistic missile treaties with Russia that, 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 that was put into place with Russia during the 80s. So, yeah, this is a good idea. The Outer Space Treaty, Pence said, doesn't ban military activity. It actually it gives nations a fair amount of flexibility for operating in the security interests in outer space. And at this time, we don't see any need to amend the treaty. But as time goes forward, the hope that we could continue to see outer space as a domain where peace will reign, it will require a military presence. Aha. Very interesting. So we're talking about militarizing space with nuclear weapons. Interesting that this would come from Pence and not Donald Trump or somebody else. So you start to see more and more of, the, of Pence's uh, messages and tweets 
coming out and being noticed. This is a big deal because this is going to be where you're going to it, 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 you're going to see more of this because they are going to try to put Pence in office. Mark my words, they're going to try and do this. And it's very disturbing to see this unfold and not have this register with most people. Very disturbing. And they can't see it. They can't see it coming forward. Uh, so we got two more things. Uh, Barack Obama went out there and mentioned himself or referred to himself in a speech 92 effing times. And it was very, very sad that Barack Obama didn't get the same amount of supporters attending his speech that Donald Trump did. Donald Trump uh, had people lining up around the blocks and they couldn't even get into the auditorium or stadium that Donald Trump was trying to speak at. But uh, Barack Obama showed up and he got, I think, a, a, a mere, a paltry 2,000 attendees. Uh, that, that looks very, very sad. If you ask me, uh, so now we have Michael Moore. The, Michael Moore, by the way, is a fat slob with a head the size of a dumpster. This guy, it's stop, if, stop it, stop it. He says if you allow rich corporations to buy up and control most of the media and then put things on the media that are intended to appeal to the stupidity that's in all of us, you will have a dumbed down nation. Yes, very good. Very good. So talk to your friends at NBC and MSNBC and root out the bastards on the left and the right. If you want to go after both, be my guest because I'm not happy until you're not happy. That's great stuff. But but uh, to come in there and say uh, just got, and he's pissed off that the electoral college is still in place. Uh, by the way. I don't necessarily disagree with that. There's no reason why in 2018. There's no real reason why the electoral college has to be in place we can simply do this via popular vote uh voting for the president and his argument is well california new york and illinois would determine the popular outcome of the national elections but unfortunately california new york and illinois don't have enough electoral votes to get somebody elected this is the whole rhetoric that hillary clinton came out with after she lost the election, this is one of the things. Well, we had 5 million or 4 million, whatever, million more votes than everybody else. But, sweetheart, you had all of those votes in states you already the, won the electoral votes in. So you could have won 51% uh, of the state or 99% of the state. It doesn't matter. You still got all of the electoral votes that you could possibly get. So don't talk to me. You didn't play by the rules. You're starting to bitch and moan about the idiosyncrasies of the game when you didn't play by the rules. So this is another uh, very, very troubling thing that we're starting to see. I'll leave you with this. This is a very troubling thing where we're starting to see massive amounts of censorship on behalf of Google, Facebook, Twitter, and anybody else. Oh, by the way, if you're on Twitter and you reference anything about InfoWars, you know, uh, Alex Jones. Well, Alex Jones is another fat idiot. Uh, he goes out there and he fear mongers, and he just brings up all sorts of uh, brings up all sorts of stupid stories that are just so far beyond comprehension. And he, he portrays it as true, and it's just it's just very very disappointing about him. The thing I didn't like about Alex Jones is one, he's a fear monger. Two, he never criticizes anything that. Um, that goes on in the Middle East, and that was partly due to his wife owning a lot of real estate 
so he lived in a gated community, or still does, in a gated community in Texas uh, among the common man. Uh, so he got – now we're starting to see people that question the, ne- the white helmet narrative in, within the social media realm. They are starting to get questioned about whether or not they're going to get banned, and if they are, they should be banned. So the white helmets, like I told, like I've said so much and so many times before, the white helmets were this altruistic group that went into Syria and tried to help the average Syrian civilian get out of here. We are going to help you out. The United States funded them. The the West funded them all through, and George Soros funded them. And guess what? The white helmets were really, really doing. The white helmets were aligning themselves with Al-Qaeda and ISIS. You can find many, many pictures of white helmets aligned with ISIS. And they're holding hands and arms around everybody. And John McCain is out there with ISIS members. The altruistic John McCain that Alexander Soros so holds so dear to his heart. Well, he's with, John McCain's out there with a bunch of effing terrorists. So the White Helmets continue, but actually the real thing that the White Helmets were doing was they were infiltrating Syria on behalf of the West and targeting uh, buildings and other infrastructure that should be uh, bombed by drones. And the White Helmets are also responsible for all of the fake gas attacks and the fake chlorine attacks. And the White Helmets, oddly enough, only operate in ISIS-held territory. What? How did first off, how did the white helmets get a movie made about them? How come nobody questions that? How come nobody how come nobody does a little bit of digging in all of this to figure out that the white helmets are really working for ISIS and Al-Qaeda? Now, anybody that questions the, the white helmet narrative, you're starting to get banned from Twitter and banned from Google and banned from all so you this is you're really talking about Orwellian tactics here. Referencing 1984, uh, you're, you're, you're starting to see these large groups and these large organizations trying to streamline the narrative and also get you to only think certain things because they're only going to give you certain bits of information from very, very particular sources. Those sources being the mainstream media, which, oddly enough, are in bed with the globalists slash governments that want to, well, bomb the hell out of people. Very, very interesting. So we're on the cusp of, a, of an awakening, and this awakening is going to occur sooner than later. We all must be aware of it, and we can't let little Alexander Soros push us around. We can't let that fat, dumpster-headed slob, Michael Moore, let us think that we're on the wrong side. Now, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I think they're both idiots. I think they're both schmucks. But we have to start realizing that they're both schmucks, and we have to start realizing that the game is rigged. And the only way to stop a game from being played is if we don't participate in the game. All these people, go out there and vote, change everything. Vote, vote, vote. We've been voting, and nothing has happened. The biggest upset and the most entertaining thing that has happened from voting is Donald Trump. He's not good. He's not bad, but he's entertaining. That's what you can get from all of this. So we have to change the game. 
And the first step to changing the game is not participating in the game. That is how we do this. And we've got to start somewhere. And I have no idea how that's going to start. But until next time, this is Cafe American. You can find me on Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube. Uh, I think there is... Oh, I'm going to try to get on uh, iHeartRadio Podcast. I mean, you got that that uh, that mushroom hair, that bowl cut idiot, uh, Greg Opie Hughes from Opie and Anthony fame. He has got a podcast on iHeartRadio. They basically gave him a tin can and a string and, and told him to go out there. I can be better than that idiot. He's such a malignant little tumor. He's, oh, God. He's, if you ever go back and listen to any Opie and Anthony clips, he's sitting there. He doesn't know what to say because he's not fucking funny. He can't even read anything because he stumbles over his words like some knuckle-dragging moron from Long Island. I mean, it just, well, I'm from Long Island. I like Long Island. But whatever. So that's it for me because I've got nothing else. This is Christian. This is the Cafe American podcast. Until next week.